Pour your spirit out on me and fall just like the rain. Saturate my thirsty soul. Come and fall afresh on me. Fill my cup again. Heal my heart and make me whole. Oh, I need
isn't that right? It's good to be back in the house of the Lord this evening. <clears throat> Lead me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, Lord, I will go. You have called me, and I will
surgery says next week so I'm not sure the date um, but she asked for the church to remember her in prayer so we'll certainly do that hold up sister Pearl for that the Lord will just be with the doctor's hands during that time amen anybody have an unspoken prayer request brother Jimmy do you mind coming to take us to the Lord in prayer this evening that was fine Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day, and Lord, we thank you for all that you have stood us, the many blessings, Lord, you store upon us, Lord, and as we come together with light, precious faith, Lord, there is no other place, Lord, that we would rather be, Lord, than here in your presence, as the song was sung, in your presence, that's where we are strong, Lord. Lord God, we're depending on you, Lord God, there's nothing, Lord, we can do of ourselves, Lord God. Lord, you tell us in your word not to even have confidence in no man, not even your flesh, Lord God. Lord, there's, everything is filling all around us, Lord God, but we don't want to look at the negative, Lord, but we want to look at the positive, Lord God. Lord, we have so much, Lord God, that we can talk about that we have experienced and have seen, Lord, where you came on the scene and, Lord, help the ones that were sick, Lord, and help the ones that was in a condition that didn't know which way to turn. Lord, I think about my mother, Lord God, and we've been praying, Lord, for her, Lord. Lord, with myself, Lord God, it seems as though, Lord, I don't know what to do, but, Lord, we have brought it before you, Lord. But now, Lord, I know I have to wait patiently, Lord God, to see the manifestation of the prayer. Oh, God, knowing that you are mindful of her, Lord, knowing that she's a child of yours, Lord God, and you will not leave her, Lord God, with a condition, Lord God, that knowing that the enemy is coming to destroy her body and her mind, Lord. Lord, and there's other situations, Lord. Our sister Pearl is getting ready to go before surgery, Lord. And Lord, the doctors, Lord, may have the education and the experience, Lord God, but it takes you, Lord, to guide their hands, Lord. And, and it takes you, Lord, to heal her, Lord, once the surgery has been uh, performed. 
Oh, God, we just pray, Lord God, that you help each one of us, Lord God, to continue to draw a little closer to you, Lord. Seeing that times are winding up, Lord, there are trouble on every side, Lord. Oh, God, you say heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand. Help us each one, Lord God, to continue, Lord, to use your word and stand on your word, Lord. When the enemy come against us, Lord, help us, oh God, that we'll use your word, Lord. Help us, oh God, to equip ourselves, putting on the full arm of God, Lord. Help us, oh Lord, to be prepared and be mindful and watchful. You tell us, Lord, to pray without ceasing, Lord. Help us to do so, Lord God. Thank you for the word that came through our pastor this morning, Lord God. And, oh, we just so excited to see what you have for us tonight, Lord God. Help us, oh God, not to let these things go over our head, Lord, and help us to pay close attention to what is going on and what is being said. Lord, this is preparation time, Lord. Oh, God, help us each one to continue to prepare ourselves, Lord. Oh, you tell us in the scriptures, Lord, and, oh, the bride hath made herself ready, Lord. I hear Brother Branham talking about that, the bride making herself ready, Lord. Oh, God, help us, oh, God, and make ourselves ready, being ready for you, Lord, knowing, God, that you will come back as a thief in the night. But, Lord, you tell us, Lord, the bride, oh, God, it won't be a secret coming, Lord. They'll be mindful and be ready, Lord. Oh, God, because we are watching and praying each and every day, Lord. As our pastor come tonight, Lord God, will you, oh God, bless him once more, Lord, with your word and bring it before the people, Lord, and help them along the way, Lord. Lord, we have to take heed to what is being said, Lord. We have to apply it, Lord, as you told the children, Lord, to apply the blood against the post, Lord. Help us, oh God, that we will take your word and apply it to our life. Help us, oh God, that we will continue to study each and every day that we may rightly divide the word of truth, Lord God. Lord, remember the ones that desire to be here, Lord. Lord, it seems as though it's so hard and things are not happening, but Lord God, those ones that desire to be here, Lord, I believe, Lord God, that you're going to make a way. But Lord, if it don't happen the way that we want it to happen, Lord God, we know, God, all things work for the good of them that love you. That's your word, Lord. Oh, God, we just pray and ask you, Lord, to come once more. Remember each and every one in a mighty way, Lord. Even the deep things in their heart, Lord, the troubles that they're fighting, Lord. God, you know and you, you are mindful of each one, Lord. If they would just speak those things out to you, Lord God, and ask you for help, oh God, you would not turn them away, Lord. Oh, you have given us those promises, Lord, that if we will knock, the door will be open, Lord. If we seek, we should find. Oh, God, we just pray that each one will continue on in this old late hour, Lord God. Oh, may we just have your way tonight, Lord, once more. Bless each one of our brothers and sisters in a mighty way. We love you and we thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do and all that you're doing right now, Lord. Come, Lord God. We pray and ask these many blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Good to have Sister Marilyn with us this evening. Amen. Amen. Hearing some of the brothers talk this afternoon while we were out there, how blessed we are here with our pastor, with the ministry that we have here. You know, some of the brothers, they've traveled around a little more than I have. And one of them said, you know, this, it's nothing like this anywhere else out there. We are certainly blessed. Amen. I'm so thankful for what God's done for us here. Amen. Let's try one more valley as the brothers come receive the evening offering. When I'm tossed on life's sea and the waves. 
pastor was preaching. The move is on. <clears throat> the move is on, my Lord. The move is on. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. 
I can hear the rustle of the mulberry trees And I know, I know, I know the move is on So move on, brother Move on, sister This is the moving day Oh, move a little closer out this evening. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, 
blood will never lose his power. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back in church tonight. Amen. We'll go right into the word this evening. God helping us. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. We'll start reading verse number 1. Paul writing here to the church of Galatia, he says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. It's quite a statement, to say the least. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, than an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after the, that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. You can be seated this evening. <clears throat> Brother Branham, in the message witnesses in 1954, he says, 
Jesus Christ is in the building tonight to perform miracles. But he does it through his church, his people. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in my name. They shall cast out evil spirits. Is that right? The commission has been given to the church. That's what's the matter with the church today. It doesn't know its position. If you know positionally who you was and what you are tonight, then there wouldn't be a feeble person in here in the next five minutes. That is more meat on that bone than we could ever chew off. If we knew who we was and what you are tonight, there wouldn't be a feeble person here in the next five minutes. That's right. The thing of it is you're looking off into, the, into a millennium for something to happen when it's already here. Now we, now we are the sons of God. Got to get the right emphasis on the right word. Now, now we are the sons of God. Not we will be. We are right now. When? This night. Right now. This minute. We're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus now. Oh, if you'd only recognize that. The supreme authority that Jesus Christ has given to every believer. The supreme authority that Jesus Christ has given to every believer. It ain't good enough for God to give it to you if you don't use it. God has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. But you've got to use them. He says, anything, uh, the supreme authority that Jesus Christ has given to every believer, anything that you have desire of, need of, only thing you have to do is ask and receive it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you received it, it'll be given unto you. St. Mark eleven twenty four. that's true. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it, and you shall have it. Amen. So what is, what is Brother Branham saying here? He is saying that you have to have the revelation of it before you can see the manifestation of it. You have to believe what you pray will come to pass. You have to spiritually see it happen. Now, we don't see visions like a prophet does. We don't have that ability. We don't have those gifts. But we do by faith. Because faith is looking at the unseen. So you see something that is there, but yet it's not there. But it's there by faith. You call those things that are not as though they already were. So by faith, you see something happen. Like I said this morning, whether it be a spouse, a, 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 a wayward child, or a job, or a situation, or whatever you're dealing with, and you see it by faith, you see it come to pass by faith. Hebrews 11, go read it. By faith, this one. By faith, this one. And, and, and many times it, it says that they saw. And by faith, you see. You see it happening. By faith, Abraham, that's why they went ahead and got the little boy's uh, room together. Because they knew it was going to be a boy. They didn't know when it was going to happen. But they went ahead and prepared because they seen by faith that it was going to happen. They didn't know it was going to be 25 years. God never told them that. But he said that you're going to have a child. You're going to have a son. You're going to, and later he tells them it's going to be called Isaac because of Sarah's laughter. And, and so God doesn't tell us many times. Most of the time he doesn't tell us how long you're going to have to wait to see the manifestation. 
But as I said this morning, he gives you an anchor of the soul to hold on to until the manifestation comes. Because we have to have something to hold on to. It may be a scripture, it may be a song, it may be something the pastor says, it may be a quote, whatever it may be. God will give you something that becomes your anchor because Brother Ram used the word tie post. It becomes your tie post. You tie up to that. You say, I'm not leaving this. No matter how bad the situation gets, this, I'm not leaving this. This is my anchor. It will hold in the time of the storm. The anchor will hold. But see, first you've got to have the anchor. And the anchor is what holds you until you see the promise fulfilled. For 800 years, uh, Israel was looking for a promised Messiah. They didn't know how long it was going to be, but they knew they were promised a Messiah, as I said this morning. And then, and then after almost nearly 800 years, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, uh, and born in a manger... See, they didn't expect God to come the way that he came. The same thing happened in this generation. There's even Pentecostal people today, if you talk to certain, uh, certain sects, certain S-E-C-T-S, certain sects of the Pentecostal people, they are still looking for Malachi 4. They will tell you that they believe Malachi 4 is coming. The problem is they've already missed him. And the thing about it is that what I don't understand is the people that have studied Brother Branham's ministry, and they, they know beyond the shadow of a doubt, listen, you don't have to have one and a half cents to know that this man was vindicated by God. Uh, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this man's ministry was vindicated. It was more than a man. Uh, you, know, you don't have to listen but a few tapes. You know, the story goes, and it was a true story. Back years ago, uh, a man read a book, and uh, one of the church, one of the um, uh, spoken word books, and he came back and said, uh, I don't want nothing to do with that book. That man called, didn't do, do, do nothing but call me a buzzard. <laughs> and the guy that gave him the book said, that's interesting to me. I read the whole book, and he, he called me an eagle. All depends on what you identify with when you're listening and when you're reading. Like I said this morning, I don't identify with Cain. I don't identify with Esau. I don't identify with Judas. I identify with the right lineage and the right bloodline that God has called me from his mind, from the, from the foundation of the world to be in this particular time and hour that God has called us to. And listen, nothing's out of order. He could have called Paul to this age. He could have called Irenaeus, Martin, Luther. He could have called any great man of God, any of the apostles. He could have called any man to this age, but he didn't. He called you. Because he knew that the seed that you had inside of you from the foundation of the world was going to stand the test of Laodicea. He does not send his, his soldiers out ill-equipped. We have been equipped for the battle. He does not send us out untrained. See, that's why the, the Galatians, there we read Galatians 4, that a child, even though, he's, even though he's Lord of all, even though he's maybe the firstborn in the family, but if he's not passing the tests of the tutors and the governors, he's no more than a servant. And so, therefore, he just receives the, the inheritance of a servant. But see, if, 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 the, if the tutors and the governors bring back word to the father, say, you know what, he's doing everything we tell him, he's, he's under full obedience to the word of God, and he's doing exactly what we, what we tell him, and he's running it, just running the business just like you're running it. 
There's no difference. He's just a chip off the old block. Then, then the father that owns the business will elevate the son in a public display when it's the father's time to do so. The father chooses the time. That's what we read in, in Galatians 4. When it's the father's time to make this public display like he did the Lord Jesus when Jesus was adopted on Mount Transfiguration. Lifted him up and he was uh, glorified among the, the, the disciples that were there. And Moses and Elijah came down. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Peter, you, you know, his self-righteousness and his attitude that he had before he got the Holy Ghost. He said, my, what a glorious place we're at. We'll build a temple for all three of you. See, he, he wasn't a oneness, yet he was still Trinitarian. And then all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah disappeared. And the Bible says they saw no man save Jesus only. And so Peter got rebuked by what happened because there's no salvation in Moses. There's no salvation or redemption in Elijah. There's only one name given to men. Hello, somebody. There's only one name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And that's Jesus Christ. And so God elevated his own son there at Mount Transfiguration and adopted him to where he, he said these words to Pontius Pilate, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Because he, he passed the test of adoption. And listen, God's not going to give you the pen to sign the check if he can't trust you. See, you got to be proven. You got to be. He's got to trust. You got to be able to trust you. See, you know, I, I'm I'm not Archer and Ava be ten years old here in a couple of weeks, and I'm not going to hand him my checkbook at ten years old. I'm not going to hand neither one of them. I'm not even going to have hand Ashlyn my checkbook, and she's twenty. Praise the Lord. Some of you sitting here tonight, I'm not handing you my checkbook either. I see what you do with your money, and you ain't doing mine the same way. What little I got, I'd like to keep a little bit of it. Don't get mad at me. I'm going to preach till you get happy again. So, But see, people's got to be trusted. See, uh, I was talking to a brother not long ago, and you know, I said, you know, as a, as a pastor and the shepherd of this church, you know, you have entrusted me with your soul. Now that's a, that's a bigger deal than people realize. To entrust you ought to be able to you ought to be able to entrust me with your credit card, with your checkbook, to know that I wouldn't abuse it. You brothers ought to be able to trust me with your wives. Oh, it's quiet. <laughs> if you're gonna trust me with your soul. There should not be anything in your life that you can't trust me with. To know that I would not take advantage of it. Praise the Lord. The soul is the most important thing you've got in your entire life is your soul. And you'll entrust it to me. There shouldn't be anything in your life that you wouldn't entrust. That's why, you know, they of Peter, uh, Peter in the book of Acts, they brought, you know, uh, everything that they owned, just about all their lands and houses, and brought it and laid it at the feet of Peter, said, here, you know, disperse it as, as you will. They entrusted him with their finances. Well, I know you get talking about money, especially with the economy we have today. Things get tight, man. It's just really, uh, people just clamp down on you talk about money. Um, but it's still number one subject in the Bible is money. 
and uh, it's talked about more than anything else. So sometimes we have to throw things in there to make sure that you're getting the right kind of blessing that you need and to make sure you don't get in trouble with God. So every now and then I got to throw little nuggets out there. So, you know, those of you that, you know, are kind of slack in your giving, you know, we don't, we don't pay the bills of this church by love. And there, we don't have enough members yet to everybody just give a dollar bill that pays the bills either. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> you, you need to see a greater vision. You people want to be blessed. They want their bank account to be full, but they're stingy. Stingy with God and won't pay their tithes right. And you get in trouble with God with his tithes, don't come crying to me. I've taught it enough. You ought to know better by now. Well, praise the Lord. So the young man, is he bo- as he's born into a house, he has to go through uh, tutors and governors and they have to be over him. So he has to give an account to the life that he lives and how he's running the business and how he's taking care of things. And if, and if his life does not match up to that of the father's, recommend, or that father's requirements, then that, that, that son will never be more than a servant. Now that to me is a pretty sad situation that this boy has the right bloodline. He was born, he was not born a servant, he was born a son. Brother Bram said in medicine where I think Pentecost failed, he said that's where Pentecost failed. He said they were sons, but they didn't move on into adoption. See, being sons is not enough. You got to move on into your placing. That is adoption. Being born into the right family and having the right bloodline was not enough. Because even, even uh, Nadab and Abihu, which was uh, Aaron's two sons, offered strange fire on the altar. And even though they was born the, with the right bloodline in the right lineage under the Aaronic priesthood, God killed them. God did not overlook what they did because they offered strange fire on God's altar and God killed them. So God does not, God's not playing games. God's got, uh, he's no respect a person when it comes to that. You do something wrong, you're going to pay a price for it. It don't matter whose family you've been born into or what your last name is. Hello, I know there's some people think God's got grandchildren, but he don't. God does not have any grandchildren. He only has children. And he treats us as children, not as grandchildren. Praise the Lord. Brother Ram said in Jehovah Jireh in 1957, he said, If I fell heir to a house, I sure wouldn't want to move, move into it till I got and looked everything over. I want, I want to see what is mine. I want to see what I own. He said, If I fell heir to a house, if his name was in a will and someone left him a house, he would want to go in there and look around and see what's his. He said, when I, fell, when I fell heir to the kingdom of God, to the righteousness of Jesus Christ, baptized into this great arcade of God's eternal blessings, I like to walk around and see what's mine. This great arcade of God's eternal blessings, I like to walk around and see, amen, what's mine. Look on the shelves and see what, what this is. Here it is. Every promise in the book belongs to every believer. Don't you stand still for somebody to push you off in a corner and give you a little old tater. If you don't know what a tater is, that's a potato. You have to be from the south to know what a tater is. A tater and a mater. That's a tomato and a potato. We have to interpret hillbilly. Don't let somebody push you off in a, in, in a corner with a little old cold tater and tell you to wait. Don't you listen to that stuff. God's promise is right now. 
Try to push you off in a, push you off into the millennium somewhere. The Bible said, "Now we are the sons of God." What we will be, we are now, present tense. If anything that looks a little high and blessing that looks like it, why, I'll get me a stepladder and move up and look at it anyhow. I, I like to look around. It's all yours, and every promise in the Bible is yours. Amen. And we need to act like Amen. it's ours. Amen. Use it like it's ours. I don't Listen, if something belongs to me, I do not have to get permission to use it. If I need to go to the grocery store, do it, run an errand for my wife or run to Home Depot, I, you know, something to do it myself, and so I'll go to the do-it-yourself store, I don't have to get nobody's, nobody's permission to drive my vehicle to the store. Hello, it belongs to me. Amen. Unless I don't pay a few payments, then it'll belong to the bank. But you know what I'm saying. I don't have to get permission to use anything that belongs to me. It's mine. So why, do we, why are we begging God for things that he's already given us? We beg and we plead and we cry and we snot and we cry around and we, you know, uh, and I'm thinking, why, why is that necessary when he's already given us every promise in the book? He said, seek, ask, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. That's all you got to do. He, he didn't tell us that, you know, you know, I... I let me clarify, make sure everybody knows where I'm at. I still believe in prayer. I still believe in prayer. But there comes a time in our life to we got to speak the word. If we got the Bible backing us up, we got the eternal word backing us up. You don't have to pray about something God's already given you. You don't have to ask God if it's his will for him to heal you. Healing is in the covenant. He never took it out of the covenant. The turtle dove and the pigeon in, in Genesis 15, he never cut those in half. He left those in as a sign of divine healing that, that divine healing was left in the covenant. So it's always God's will to heal. And it doesn't matter if a person goes by the way of the grave or God heals them on this side. Either way, they get their healing. And we can testify of that. If God takes them by the way of the grave, they still got their healing. If they remain here, they get their healing. So what does it matter which way they go? We're going to see them again. It's not goodbye. It's just so long for a little while. I'll see them again. Brother Jimmy talking about his mother. And I couldn't help but think about my mother. And I don't know how many days they have left. Because they're both kind of in the, in the same situation. In the dementia process in their mind. My, my mother just turned 90 years of age. And, and uh, I don't know how much time she has left. But I, I promise you this. If God takes her, she goes by the way, way of the grave. It's just good. It's just I'll see you after a while. You don't you don't tell them goodbye like like I'll never see them again. And, and, and we, you know, as believers, as believers, uh, Paul says we should not grieve those that have no hope. Come on, somebody. We should not grieve as those that have no hope. We have a blessed hope, and we're going to see those that went beyond the curtain of time. We're going to shake hands again with them. We're going to hug their neck. We're going to spend eternity with them. This is not some kind of fairy tale. This is reality. It's, I'm going to see my sisters again. You're going to see your loved ones again. It's going to happen. Because I see by faith what God has already done. There's already been a resurrection. It ain't like this is something new to God. There's already been a resurrection. When, when Jesus rose, he, he led captivity captive. Amen. And he took the Old Testament saints with him. Right. 
Come on. That was a resurrection in Matthew 25. We find out there was a resurrection then. And, and God's no stranger to resurrection. It's not like he hasn't ever done it before. He called Lazarus' name and a man dead four days came forth out of the tomb. There will be another resurrection. And if we're living right and, and have the token applied to our lives and to our homes, and you know what? We're going to be part of that resurrection. We don't know how long it's going to be. We, we, we didn't expect to see 2023. You stop and think about that number for just a minute. 2023. We are at 2023. We, me, and, me, me and Ava was the only ones in the living room last night, and most of you know that I, when I'm trying to clear my mind and, and you know just relax a little bit, I'll turn on a, what we call black and white. The twins call them gray movies. <laughs> we call them black and white. And so we was watching an old western made back in the early 60s. And, and <laughs> Ava looked at me. She said, was this made before you was born? <laughs> oh, my Lord. You know, a child at 10 has no concept of time. No. I said, excuse me? Was this made before? <laughs> yeah, long years before. They did have color in 1970. It was gray before I was born. No, I wasn't born during this time. Make you feel pretty old when your child asks you, just made before you was born, because you know when you talk about the seventies or the eighties, people, the millennials, Generation X, they got no clue about the seventies and the eighties. And some of you go back further than that. They really don't have no idea about that, about how things used to be and how things were so much different than they are now. And here we are. I remember, you know, as a very young child, I was five years old when we come out of uh, one of Pentecost into the message. Obviously, it was 1975, October of 75. I'll never forget it when we started going to Brother Wilson Henry's church in Atlanta. And uh, in 1977, we made a, because uh, we thought we certain things were preached back then. <laughs> we um, got a little more wisdom about than we have now. We got a wisdom more now than we had then. And we thought we had to make the... Um, the annual trek to Jeffersonville. You know, like people still do today. And a lot of you don't know why they go on Easter because they're expecting Brother Branham to raise from the dead. That's why they go every Easter. They're expecting Brother Branham to raise from the dead on Easter morning. They're going to be sadly disappointed because that's no man knows the day nor the hour. Uh, but anyway, we, we, uh, we made a, uh, a pilgrimage, you know, uh, to Mecca like they do in overseas. <laughs> Our pilgrimage to Jeffersonville, because we thought in order to be in the message, you got to go visit these places that a prophet walked, and that just didn't true. You don't have to be any of those places. It's nice to see. It's nice to put a, a place with what you've heard on tape. It's nice to maybe meet some people that were there and see the tabernacle and go to the, the candy store, especially a lot like going to the candy store and buying Red Hots and, you know, doing things that Brother Ram talked about as a, as a kid. It's nice to see those things. Nothing wrong with it, but it certainly don't put you in the kingdom of God. Um, and I, I still remember at, at seven years of age, that because of the quote that Brother Branham in the Church Age book talked about the 1977, he said, "Now I'll clarify. You go listen to it. It's very, very plain, very clear." He said, "I do." He said, "I, I, I do not prophesy. I am not prophesying. I am predicting. I am not prophesying. 
that this will usher in the coming of the Lord. Now, when you use the word usher in, you have to understand what he's talking about. When someone is being ushered in like in a wedding, that, that doesn't mean they've reached their destination yet. That means they're on their way. And he used that word, it will usher in the coming of the Lord. And I believe it certainly did that. He said world systems will change as we know them now. And Life Magazine not many years ago put out a, a, a special edition. And on the front of the cover of, of Time Magazine was the year 1977. And they said the world systems changed in 1977. Which is exactly what a prophet of God declared to us. But, but, but people got the wrong idea thinking that the coming of the Lord or the rapture was going to take place in 77. So when 77 went, went and it was come and gone, and then we moved over to the clock, the calendar turned over to 78, there was thousands times thousands of books and tapes that were sent back to voice of God. Well, back then it was spoken word publications. It wasn't, Brother Joseph didn't have it back then. Uh, another brother and his wife had it back then. It was spoken word publications. And they sent boxes and boxes and boxes of books and tapes back to spoken word publication because they said that Brother Branham missed it. No, they missed it because they didn't read what he said. He did not say that it was going to be the coming of the Lord. But when I was at seven years of age, you know, I was, you know, I was really looking for something supernatural to happen. I mean, I heard about 77 all, the whole year of 77. That's all anybody wanted to preach on was 1977. If you'd have told me I'd have reached 52 years of age, I'd have called you a liar to your face. I never even thought I'd have a chance to get married. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When you grow up and raised in the message, you hear about the rapture and the coming of the Lord, the resurrection, you think, man, I ain't even know what is, you know, experienced married life, never going to be a daddy, never going to be a granddaddy. Now I'm all that. And we're still here. Who would have thought? And then, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad because of, of the things that my family has went through with, with insurance. People say, I'm not going to need any insurance because, you know, I'm going to be here when the Lord comes back. And many of those people that said that are in the ground. Their body is. And then they leave the burden on their family. They have to put them in the ground. Y'all quiet on this. I, say, I believe there's going to be those that are alive and remain. Absolutely, but... Some people sitting here this evening, maybe some people streaming, may go by the way of the grave. But you better have that same spirit that raised up Christ from the grave in you or you're not going to come up in that resurrection. I'd have never thought, Brother Jim, I'd have never dreamed of being raised in this message that we'd ever seen 2023. I remember when it turned 2000. Some of you remember that. Y2K. My, the media blew that out of the water. People buying just uh, you know, cases and cases of water and generators and all, <laughs> stockpiling food and canning food and building cellars and down to. <laughs> We're going to have to survive. We're going to have to go into survival mode. It's going to be the uh, Battle of Armageddon and it's going to be the full horse riders and all these things they're talking about and all the news blowing it up out of proportion. And me and Jonathan, we was over at Jonathan Rhonda's house on, on New Year's night from 99, moving over into 2000. We was counting it down. Our, our, the Gisson and her family, all, the whole tribe was gathered together there at John and Rhonda's house, old Wildcat Creek. And I'll never forget, me and John, we're just, when we get together, we're just mean. We feed off one another. We're just ornery. And so uh, he come to me, and I think it was John's idea. I'll blame him anyway. Because he ain't here to say otherwise. 
I think it was him that come to me. He said, hey, when, when they count down to zero, let's turn all the lights off. Because <laughs> we had several of the, of the female, female persuasion that was there that was really scared in the family that was really worried that, you know, we was going to need generators and we was going to need bottled water. We was going to need these types of things. They was really worried. And so and count down to zero, us flip off the breaker and, to the whole house and there's no power nowhere, mm. we might have had to do CPR on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't find a generator before Y2K. You couldn't find bottled water. You couldn't find all these kinds of things. Then after Y2K came and went, you can buy them by the dozens. Yeah. People's giving them away. I got too many. Didn't need none of them. People think they got it all figured out. Here we are, 2023. You know what that tells me? We're that much closer than we was 23 years ago. We're that much closer than we was in 77. If he didn't come then and he didn't come in Y2K and he hasn't come yet, we're that much closer to going home. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get out of here. The Bible says I'm getting ready to leave this world. I ain't getting ready, honey. I am ready. And, uh, and the, old, the old Pentecostal song, wait a little longer, please, Jesus. I don't sing that song. I don't want him to wait a little longer. It's a few more days to let our loved ones. No, listen, if there's 30 seconds left, they'll repent within 30 seconds. If they're supposed to be there, all that the Father hath given will come. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Listen, everybody's going to get their own just reward according to the deeds done in the flesh. And I don't care if some of my family don't have any reward. The fact that they get eternal life is good enough for me. The reward is just an extra added bonus. The fact that we have eternal life, we're going to live through eternity. With no end in sight. That's enough for me. I don't have to have a reward. Hello, but the Bible does tell us to lay up our treasures in heaven. Where moth and, and rust doth not corrupt. Is that right? Because, listen, everybody's going to uh, 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 reap a reward of the life that we lived here on this earth. And, and, and every day of our life, we're under tutors and governors. We're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so if, in fact, we are sons and daughters of God, He's wanting to lead us and guide us every day. And He's taking word back to the Father how our behavior. You realize that adoption is based solely on our behavior. Oh, it's, it's my drop of pen. I believe we could hear it on the carpet. It's solely based on your behavior. Our positioning in the body of Christ. See, when a son is born into a certain family, he don't have to earn that. He don't have to do anything to become a son. He was born into the family, therefore that makes him a son. But to be placed under adoption, that is based solely on your behavior. And if your behavior is not fitting to that as a child of the king, then you'll never be adopted. You remember the story Brother Ram talked about the, the, the man that was looking over, the, over the, the colored slaves and the man that was, uh, you know, he just acted different. He held himself different. He threw his shoulders back and held his head up high. And he said, uh, what's different about this young man? You know the story. But he says, uh, nothing different. You feed him different food. No, he eats with the, in, in the kitchen with the other people. And, uh, and you, you treat him any different? No, I mean, you treat him just like the other slaves. Well, what's different about him? 
Well, over in his homeland country, his father's a king. And even though he's away from his daddy for a season, he still acts like a prince. Come on, somebody. Even though we have been separated in time from our heavenly father, we still need to act like children of the king. No matter what comes our way, good, bad, or indifferent, act like a child of the king. Behave yourself as children of the Most High. Because not only is other people watching you, but the Holy Spirit is taking back report cards on you. And I'm going to tell you, friend, when I was growing up in, in school, I, I tried to hide my report cards. But my mother knew that every, every so many months, I had to bring a report card home, and it had to be signed. You couldn't get by with it. And my mother's handwriting was way too neat for me. I couldn't forge my mother's handwriting. Some of you tried, I can tell. Yeah. My mother's handwriting was impeccable. Even today at 90, her handwriting is still better than mine. She's got dementia. I have to interpret my own handwriting to people. So there's no way for me to forge her signature. Now, my dad was a different situation. I could forge my dad's a little bit better. You act like you've done that before. Don't ask me that. There is none righteous, no, not one. <laughs> you got those dreaded F's on there, and you, I don't want mom and dad to see those. Hello? The report card, it, it lets mom and daddy know how you've been doing. Why you got this F on the report card? What you been doing? You ain't been listening to the teacher? Um, nope. Because obviously if I had been listening to the teacher, I wouldn't have the F there and I wouldn't. And I didn't say that to them. I knew better. I'd be waking up next Wednesday. But th that's, how, that's how my parents knew how I was doing in school. They didn't go every day and say, how's he doing? No, the, the report card's coming in. And I have to take it to mom and dad. And, and, and I tried and I did. You know how kids can manipulate their parents? I tried that. Get them in a good mood. Hey, Dad, the grass needs mowing. I believe I mow the grass. My dad was no fool. What you done wrong, boy? You, you don't offer. You don't offer to cut the grass. You charge me for cutting the grass. <laughs> well, I just thought you know you you're tired from work and you know. He, no, I didn't work. Didn't butter him up. He wasn't falling for that. Let me see the report card. How'd you know? Because uh, you're, you're, you're being too nice. You're just not this nice normally. So then you hand him the report card, and there it is, the report card. There's a, this is, a, you know, and back then, I don't know how it is today. Back then, we had behavior or conduct. Conduct today, I, I don't know if they have it on the report cards, but most of them would be... Mm, I mean, when you got to have metal detectors and cops waiting at the front door, well, what's their conduct being? So it's right there. It's all there in black and white. They can see everything that I've been doing. And when the, when the Holy Ghost gives our report card, he has to be honest. He can't, he can't give excuses for your bad behavior, your ill temper. He can't give excuses for your grudges. 
He has to tell the truth. He has to be honest. Not quiet. And we wonder why we're no higher up the ladder in our spirituality than what, what, we, than what we are. It's because of our behavior, because of our life. We've, we've uh, spent too much time getting up. We can't, even, we can't even walk the walk because we spend too much time getting off the ground because we're falling too much. Oh, Jesus. When a Christian gets saved, God gives him a checkbook with the bottom of it with Jesus' name signed in blood. Every redemptive blessing belongs to the believer. Fill it out and send it into headquarters. Watch what happens. He's obligated to take care of his word. I challenge any sick person or sinner tonight. Quite a challenge. To sign your name or your wants. Or your wants. I'm just telling you, I'm reading it word for word. He said he would give you the desires of your heart. Sign your name or your wants above it. Check it, check it, uh, uh, above a check in Jesus' name and send it into heaven once. Don't doubt. The cashier is right there because the deposit was put there at Calvary through the blood of the Lord Jesus. And he will pay the bill. Don't ever worry about bankrupting heaven. Don't ever worry about him not being able to cash a check. There probably ain't a person here that's had a checkbook for any length of time that hadn't wrote a check hoping and praying that it cleared. <laughs> oh, I've been there more times than I care to remember. You write a check, it's called a faith check. And you pray that something comes up in their life and they can't go to the bank till tomorrow. But see, when you write a check in Jesus' name, you don't have to worry about that check bouncing. Whatever you have need of, whatever your wants are, whatever your desire is, come on somebody. He will supply not only your wants, but your desires and your need according to His riches in glory. You can't put a price tag on what God is worth, how much He owns. You can't put a price tag on that. They try to, you know, try to talk about who, who's the most uh, you know, wealthiest person in the world. Is it Elon Musk? Is it uh, the guy who owns Amazon? Is it uh, Bez- Jeff Bezos? Is it you know, the guy who owns Microsoft? Is it this guy? Is it this guy? I'll tell you who it is. It's Jesus. It's my daddy. My daddy owns the wealth of the world, and I'm falling heir to half of it because I'm a joint heir with Christ. Praise the Lord. He said, "Mm. one glorious day. People are told out in the West Coast now, oh, we got the immortal baptism. We baptize you in water. Turns you right back to a young man right there. They claim to have the fountain of youth in baptism while Brother Brandon was alive. We got the immortal baptism. You turn right back to a young man right there, a young woman. They got Elijah's garments. They got manifested sons of God. And even Brother Ram goes on in other places telling them about the, the, the nails that they have that they drove in Jesus' hands and his feet. He said, I think they got 19 different nails they claimed to be the three. Somebody's lying. 
And I'll be honest with you, friend, I'm not really interested in the nails. I'll go a step further. I'm not really interested in the blood that came out of his body. I'm interested in the life that was in the blood that came out of his body. Not the chemistry of the blood, the life that was in the blood. The chemistry couldn't come back on the believers in Acts 2. The life that was in the blood came back in Acts 2. He didn't have enough blood to go around. They got Elijah's garments. They got the manifested sons. Yes, sir, brother. God's getting manifested sons right now. Manifesting. Tell them all about it. Tonight you're a sinner. Tomorrow you're manifested sons of God. He said, nonsense. He said, tonight you're a sinner. Tomorrow you're a manifested son, which means adoption. It don't work that way. A baby is not born a man. A baby is born a baby. He has to grow into a man or a woman. They're not born full, full grown. They have to grow into manhood, into womanhood. Same thing in Christianity. You're not, you're not, you're not uh, uh, positioned in Christ overnight. Give your heart to God one night. The next, night, the next day he gives you, the, uh, you know, the, the checkbook to where you can sign your name to any checkbook there is. No. See, he can't trust you yet. He's got to put you through the trials and the tribulations and through tutors and governors. To prove that you're worthy of the business. And some people takes longer than others. Don't, don't get upset because somebody may be ahead of you. Just be glad you're in the race. I'm not trying to jockey for position and try to get in front of somebody. I'm just glad I'm in the race. I'm just glad he called me to this glorious gospel. This ain't about competition. We're not competing with other people to see how spiritual we can be or how many visions we can see or how many quotes we can quote or how many scriptures we can quote. Come on. It's about a life lived. Amen. Listen, there, there is men today that, that has read the Bible so many times they can quote it. You can start a scripture, they can finish it. But they don't know the author. And if you don't know the author, you're on your way to hell. I don't care how much scripture you know in your memory realm, that ain't good enough. What about the people that can't read? You know, I'd wondered that for years about the evidence of speaking in tongues. What about those that are deaf mutes? Where does that put them? If they can't talk, if they can't speak in another language, then there's no Holy Ghost for them. See, the Pentecostals don't know how to answer that kind of stuff. He said... Tonight you're a sinner, tomorrow you're manifested sons of God. Nonsense, he says. Where do you get that in the word? Babies are not born men, they're born babies and grow to men. Future home, let me wind this down. He says, notice how we go after the world's fire baptism, all germs is gone, makes it a fit place then for heaven to dwell here on the earth. Type now of sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Pass from this dirty like this, the little woman was in into the express attribute of God. Now we are the sons of God. Not will be. We are the attributes of God's thinking. We are the attributes of God's thinking. Now God had attributes in him from the foundation of the world that God wanted to be a savior, wanted to be a deliverer, wanted to be uh, uh, many, th many things to people. And here Brother Branham says that we are those attributes. So how can a son be saved? How can somebody be delivered? 
He wants to show forth his attributes. And he has to use those that are his attributes. Hello. How was Paul born again? How, how did Paul receive the Holy Ghost? Huh? The pillar of fire didn't give it to him. On the road to Damascus, the pillar of fire did not give him the Holy Ghost. It was a part of the body. Ananias. That was sent to pray for him. And baptize him. That the scales would fall from his eyes. And he would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So even meeting the pillar of fire. Did, did not put him in the kingdom of God. It was meeting a part of God's body. That the seed has to come through the body. He said that's how a child can be born again. Spoken words original seed 62. The seed must come through the body. Well, praise the Lord. That's another, that's another series. We ain't got time for it tonight. He says, not we will be. We are now the sons of God. Not we will be. We're sitting together in heavenly places. He said, the great television that declares that there is an ether wave that makes people, the person that travels around the earth, known by the screen of the television. The great word of God and the spirit of God taking the word of God reflects Jesus Christ in heavenly places to his sheep. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, isn't he? Now, I'm going to explain this to you and I'm going to close. Brother Ram talked about television, television right there. He said television does not manufacture the picture. There's no picture in the television. All it does is catch the wavelength or the transmission in the air. Right now, there's pictures, there's sounds going through this room right now, but you have to be on the right frequency you have to have the right tuner. You have to have the right television, radio, whatever the case may be in order to pick up that channel and hear that voice or see that image. Yeah. So you have to have, a, uh, you have to have something that taps into that channel to prove. Now, I can tell you all day long that there's, there's images, there's bodies, there's voices going through this, this room. But until I have something that can show you have a television, plug it up, put it to the right channel, and all of a sudden there's an image there. Where did that image come from? From being in this room. So how can I prove to you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? we got to have other televisions. That are in the right channel. That reflect the image of Jesus Christ. And bring Him from that dimension into this dimension. Just like a television does. We are, we are supposed to take... The life of Jesus and manifest his life into this dimension. Because he's not coming back in another body of flesh to do that anymore. That ministry's over. Three and a half years, he was done. It's finished. So now he's expecting you and I to manifest or reflect his life on the earth. And the only way we can prove that he's alive again, that the tomb is empty is we must be spiritual televisions to produce the life, the image, the voice that is going through this room. He just needs somebody to get on the right channel. And once we get on the right station, stay there. Don't turn the channel. Don't try to get on another wavelength. Stay where you're at. You're on the right track. And you'll produce the life of Jesus Christ that will prove to this world He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He cannot change. Let's stand. God bless you.
Jesus, the Bible says, he was the express image of the invisible God. That word express image is the character. He was the character of God expressed on the earth. If you want to know how God the Father would react to a certain situation, look at Jesus. If you want to know God the Father's attitude toward a certain thing, just watch Jesus. Because he was a direct reflection of the Father on the earth. Because it was no longer God above us, it was now God with us. But understand this, it was not good enough for God just to be with us. Because Judas had God with him and it didn't save him. So Emmanuel was not enough. Oh, see, this is getting out there. Somebody on the, on the stream is, is not liking what I'm saying. Emmanuel is God with us, not God in us. He still had another phase of the journey to move into. He didn't say, greater is he that's with you. He said, greater is he that's in you. That the two become one because this is an invisible union of Christ the bridegroom being united with his bride on the earth. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Praise the Lord. Through it all, well, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to trust in God. Well, through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Trust in His Word. Through it all, well, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Well, through it all, I've learned to trust in God.
after the service. Appreciate that. Let's keep F. <clears throat> I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. service Wednesday at 7.30, and as Brother Isaac as well, so he'll be traveling back from Boston. The Lord give him traveling mercies. Amen. Key of C. If you're not walking, start while I'm talking, walking up the key. 